From WUWM, Milwaukee's NPR, this is Capital Notes, a podcast about Wisconsin politics and politicians. I'm Marty Michelson. Each week, I discuss noteworthy developments with J.R. Ross, editor of WISPolitics.com. Here's our latest conversation. Jeff Mayers is filling in for JR this week. So Jeff, President Trump visited Wisconsin last week and spoke to workers at shipbuilder Marinette Marine. He also took several swipes throughout the day at presumptive Democratic presidential nominee Joe Biden. Trump warned that if Biden is elected, a radical left wing of the Democratic Party will take over the country. Vice President Mike Pence also visited Wisconsin earlier in the week. Meanwhile, Biden surrogates held a virtual appearance in Wisconsin to defend former President Barack Obama's Affordable Care Act, which Trump is now asking the U.S. Supreme Court to overturn. In a separate in-person appearance in Pennsylvania, Biden blasted Trump for his handling of the coronavirus. With both candidates, Trump and Biden, having a presence in the state on the same day, is this a sign of Wisconsin's importance in November? The way the map is sorting out, um, you know, Wisconsin remains a pivotal state. The upper Midwest remains important. And so um, I think that when you have both uh, Pence and Trump in the state and um, Biden saying that he'll accept the nomination in Milwaukee, even though it's a largely virtual convention, that just points to the importance of Wisconsin. It appears both candidates are resuming in-person campaign stops. Does this signal a post-coronavirus return to retail politics? And might we begin to see more frequent presidential campaign stops in Wisconsin? The campaigns are taking baby steps, um, you know, even though I think the Trump campaign is certainly uh, bolder about it. Uh, you know, with a resurgence in the Sun Belt states and uh, even in uh, Dane County, which is the county around Madison, Anything that is in person has to be structured very carefully. So, I mean, we saw uh, some problems with uh, Trump's Tulsa uh, campaign rally. I guess you can dispute as to why, uh, you know, uh, only 6,000 people showed up. But at any rate, I I just think it demonstrates that you can't uh, flip on a switch and go back to politics as normal. So I think we're going to be kind of in the sorting out phase here to see how things develop. The latest Marquette poll shows Biden ahead of Trump by eight points in Wisconsin. Does this spell trouble for Trump here? Yes, and there was another poll um, from the New York Times and Siena College that showed him um, Biden up 11 in the state and up in um, in a lot of swing states. And this is reflective of what's going on in the national polling too. Uh, you, you know, we do a, a, a show that includes. Uh, GOP strategist Scott Jensen, who used to be the assembly speaker, um, you know, he said that the Trump campaign is, uh, you know, in a tough spot right now in Wisconsin. And Ron Johnson on Friday also said that the president's rhetoric, he called him a New York street fighter, does not really match the moment. It's sort of like, um, and it's also like the ACA thing, uh, filing to end the Affordable Care Act at a time when more people are accessing it because of the economic troubles stemming from the pandemic. Um, you know, so that's sort of like a, you know, an off note, uh, you know, off key. Um, and so um, I, I think that uh, yeah, the polling is, uh, you know, you have twin crises going on and he's losing support from self-identified uh, independents and Republicans. 
um, and some national polling suggests he's, uh, you know, losing support with older voters. So that would, uh, you know, because he won by such a narrow margin in Wisconsin and other states last time, uh, that would, uh, that does spell trouble for uh, the Trump campaign. But, you know, I think uh, Republicans, you know, are right. It's June. Stuff can happen. A lot of stuff happens fast, even faster these days. So um, I don't think Democrats are saying it's a done deal either. Governor Tony Evers last week said he'll activate the National Guard to protect state buildings and infrastructure after a night of unrest in Madison in which the forward statue and a statue of abolitionist Hans Christian Haig were torn down from their perches on the Capitol grounds. Republican Representative Rob Hutton called for legislation that would criminalize destruction related to civil unrest. Newly elected Republican Congressman Tom Tiffany even called on Evers to resign, saying he hasn't done enough to protect the state capitol. What are people at the capitol saying about the unrest, and what are the chances of passing new legislation to address it? Well, I don't think anybody's happy about it, you know, a Republican or Democrat, uh, you know, um, you know toppling of statues and, you know, that um, you know, the Capitol was nearly breached and uh, State Senator Tim Carpenter was injured. Uh, you know, I don't think anybody wants to see that. Um, and so Evers isn't going to resign because Tom Tiffany is is suggesting that, uh, you know, but Evers is getting criticism from Republican leaders that he's not doing enough. So, you know, the day after this, uh, I think he was issued a strong statement, and then he activated the guard to, uh, you know, to help where necessary. Now, the legislature coming back. Well, the legislature is controlled by Republicans, and there's a lot of bills awaiting final action in this in the state Senate, and uh, there's not much indication that they're going to come back uh, before the election. You can't pass a bill if the legislature doesn't come back. And finally, Governor Evers promised last week that his staff will not secretly record his calls with Republican legislative leaders again. An Evers staffer apparently recorded a call in May between Evers, Assembly Speaker Robin Voss, Senate Majority Leader Scott Fitzgerald, and a couple of others. It turns out you can only record such a call if somebody on the call knows about it. Evers, Voss, Fitzgerald, and the others all said they didn't know they were being recorded. Fitzgerald said the staffer may have committed a felony by recording the call. So, despite Evers' promise that it won't happen again, is this issue going away? Well, it's not going away for legislative Republicans. Uh, they're angry, and the relationship with uh, between le- Republican legislative leaders and Evers has been... Um, uh, let's see, gone from bad to almost non-existent now because of this. It, you know, it's um, so they're not going to forget it. Now, does this really matter outside the Capitol and outside the uh, you know the little bubble that a lot of us operate in? Probably not. I don't think it's registering. And there's so much going on. It's hard for something like this to break through. You know, um, to uh, a general audience. Uh, but it really has soured, uh, further soured, if that is even possible, the relationship between the de- uh, Republican legislative leaders and Evers. If you listen to that tape, it, it's uh, the language is, you know, is harsh. There's, there's sort of a, you can sense a lack of respect there. Some of the uh, lawyers I've talked to, you know, not Republican or Democrat, say, well, you know, 
this is probably, you know, not a felony, but, you know, if uh, it was secretly recorded by a staffer, uh, you know, and nobody gave consent, uh, you know, I suppose there could be, maybe that's a, a way there could be some action. But the Evers stances are gonna handle it internally. They're not revealing the name and um, Evers is promising uh, not to do it again. So uh, again, I don't think that's gonna satisfy Republican leaders, but I think the public at large is not really tuned into this given all that's going on. That's Jeff Mayers of WISPolitics.com sitting in this week for J.R. Ross. You can join us each week for our Capital Notes conversations. And if you haven't done so already, subscribe to Capital Notes on iTunes, NPR One, or wherever you get your podcasts.